welcome the Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. We are a New Thought spiritual community in Rhode Island that's dedicated to practical spirituality and activities that can empower you to create a life of abundance, health, joy, and meaning. As you listen to this recording of a recent talk given at the center, please know that wherever you are on your spiritual path, we are knowing God's highest and best for you. The culmination of what we have been discussing this entire month is for us to embrace and know this truth, to live from that space, that I'm here on divine purpose, to live from purpose, with purpose. And our passions, as we've discussed this month, to come to this awareness, we have, um, we've uncovered our hidden passions. We've talked about there might be passions for, from when we were children and, and long ago, or things that we have forgotten or pushed aside. Interest, curiosity. We've connected those passions, those interests, those inclinations to, ah, they have something to do with who I'm here to be. And last week we talked about our perfectly imperfect passions that, that you know what, we are here to embrace the, our perfection regardless of what other people think. That imperfection is really from their own lenses, and you know what other people think of us is none of our business. <laughs> but Marilyn Monroe, I gave that quote last week about, you know, it's better to be ridiculous than to be boring. <laughs> and she may not have said that last line, but it just spits, you know, so. <laughs> but so here we are today. We're here to take the final step. So knowing that those passions are here informing us, they're in fact part of us, they are here what we are to do, it's time to shed the hesitation, it's time to shed the plain small, it's time to, to set aside false humility, whatever, the stuff that's not David, do you remember that story? Michelangelo with carving David didn't, didn't make David, but just removed what was not David from that huge slab of marble. But the moment has come for us in this year of us intending and holding an intention to live out loud, now's the moment. Now is the moment for us to passionately live on purpose. Are you with me? Yes. All right, well, let's see. <laughs> you know, let's reflect just a little again. We've discussed some of this throughout the month as far as those things that hold us back from, from being on purpose, from living on purpose, from connecting to our passions. We talked this month about how fear can get in the way, right? Fear is often the culprit. Fear of rejection, fear of judgment, failure, the unknown. We may feel that others are more qualified than us. They, are, they have something more important to say. But what we need to realize is that the accolades of others or credentials or letters after our name or before our name or, or those classes and the education, all of these things that we may try to put onto ourselves in order to build ourselves up, 
they can't replace the authority of us simply being who we've come here to be. You're the only one who can express your gifts and talents. Because those talents and those gifts are yours. We can also, fear can hold us back. What can also cause us to dim our lights and keep us from living out loud is, is when we compare ourselves. When we compare ourselves to others. You know, in a tapestry, every vibrant thread has its part in the masterpiece, does it not? And if one thread were to compare itself to another and say, oh, well, you know, I wish I was, I looked more like you. This thing of beauty, this masterpiece, this tapestry would not be the art and the beauty and the wonder that it is if every thread was comparing itself to the other and trying to be something that they're not. Do you understand that? Another thing that can hold us up and keep us, keep us putting our light under a bushel is for us when we're waiting for permission. But here, this is the thing, you're already granted permission. Those passions that we have, and this is why we've been cultivating and teasing it out and playing with this topic, is those passions are life's yes. You have permission. Life is saying yes, this way, this is who you are. And the time for us to share these passions and these gifts that are, are uniquely ours, the time is now. Because as we know, we're not even guaranteed the next breath. So what are we waiting for? Are we waiting, who are we waiting for to give us permission to, to be, to say, to do what is ours to be, say, and do? The time for us to share our gifts is now. You know, and I want to share with you a, um, something else that can get in the way, something else that can get away, but from my own story, my own experience, and, and uh, as many of you know, I often use myself. <laughs> my own stories as uh, what not to do. But I want to share with you a, a, an extremely pivotal moment that's just recently happened in my life where I have become aware that I had been dimming my light without even certain knowing why or how. And what I want to share with you is um, it's recent and I'm still processing it. There's still rep rep um, ripples I know that I'm excited and anticipated, and I normally don't share things that are recent that I'm still, that, that may um, still make me raw. But if this is big enough in my life and who I am and how I'm passionately living my purpose out loud and aiming and choosing to do that, that here in my community, I want to share with you what's going on in my life and what has stood in my way, and maybe you can relate. You know, so yeah, so a few weeks ago, I went to a Silomar. Oh, there he goes again. He's going to talk about a Silomar. Those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, I went on a summer retreat a few weeks ago, and 
It was, it was a wonderful opportunity. I'd never been there. It was a summer conference retreat for Centers for Spiritual Living. And, and I told you guys a lot of it and how wonderful it was and how, you know, just amazing, what an amazing experience. But I didn't tell you the whole story. And so I want to share with you some of, of the things that were going on behind the scenes for me. You know, I mean, I was deeply honored to, to be invited to speak before you know, my colleagues and, and many of those who have been mentors of mine and people that I've looked up to over the years. But I will tell you something that I didn't, haven't told anybody before, and especially as it was approaching, people say, oh, are you getting excited? Are you getting excited? Oh, yeah, I'm getting excited. But I wasn't. I wasn't. The closer that the time approached, I actually became aware of a heaviness within me that I did not know what was the source of that. I didn't know. I was just like, you know, I had no, I had no anxiety or fear within me about getting up on stage and saying words. That wasn't a problem. I had things to say. I mean, and if you've known me for any amount of time, you know, I, I can give me a minute. I'll come up with something and probably a lot to say. But there was this heaviness that was just building and growing within me. Why didn't I feel the spark of joy in going to a seminar? Eat Monday night, the night before I left, while I was packing, I told Kevin, I said, I said, you know, besides the events team and besides Michelle Wadley, my friend, Reverend Michelle, who was, going to, who was waiting for me there, I says, do you know what? There is no one looking for me there and would not miss me if I did not go. And hearing myself say that out loud, this was, uh, this was coming from this heaviness, and it made me sad to, to hear that and to recognize the, the experience of that. And, oh, huh, <coughs> that feels true on some level. <coughs> that feeling grew. Tuesday, I made my way to Asilomar, made my way out west. If you don't, it's in Monterey. In, um, in California, and so as I was making my way, Tuesday, this heaviness grew. Wednesday, it was getting almost unbearable that I could not, I had difficulty sitting in the room with my colleagues. And it wasn't until Thursday morning that it had gotten to such a pitch that I really began to question what was going on in me because of my difficulty of what was going on inside of me, I was, it was difficult for me to, to actually be present to the experience that was unfolding. And there on Thursday morning, it was the, the, really the last full day, it was the, that evening that I was going to be speaking that I went to Merrill Hall for the morning session and I had told myself, Alan, come on, snap out of this. You gotta figure this out, you gotta work it out. You got, come on, let's go play with the other kids. Snap out of it. And I sat in the back of the room and I sat there feeling this heaviness in my heart. 
and trying to keep myself in the space. And I looked and I saw there were dozens of people, all of them dancing, the band was playing. This was the morning general session and everyone is having such this wonderful time. And I look and I'm witnessing it and it's like, it is amazing how people can be in the same space sharing the same common phenomena and experience, but yet have a different um, perspective, perception, or experience of that. You know this, right? And that what was going on for me. I'm sitting there and it's just like, what have I got to do in order, because I want to feel what they're feeling. I want to be carefree. I, I want to enjoy. I want to be enjoyed. This, this retreat is about the newness of now and, and how wonderful that was. But that was not what was going on inside of me. It got so bad that I couldn't even look up at the stage. And I'm sitting there and I, I turned in. I closed my eyes and I said, God, help me. Heal my mind. I was there sitting on with the verge of an anxiety attack, and I'm very familiar with what those are. As I dropped myself, allowed myself to drop into my heart to just become present to the, the what was um, almost these, these um, they were not whispers, they were, they were shouts that it was an um, overwhelming a roar. In my mind, I realized in that moment that what I was experiencing, in fact, and what was becoming aware of was a core wound of my, my own that had been triggered. If you don't know a core wound, that is um, a psychological term. I'm not a psychiatrist and don't pretend, you know, well, I pretend to be a lot of things. But, but that is a, a wound that happens, a trauma that happens in our past that can become, that a conclusion arises out of that, that then becomes a, a, a sort of a core, almost like a fundamental error, usually showing up, I'm not good enough. I'm not wanted. And I was aware, and then while I was sitting there in my heart, and surrendering to the experience and surrendering to the spirit itself, I became aware that, oh, wait a second, this pain that I'm feeling, it's not the all of me. Because there is a part of me that doesn't want to feel this. Do you see? And I became, this is, there's a conflict that was going on, and, and this pain, this, this heaviness was not coming from the larger part of me. It was coming from a part of me that I had been so familiar with throughout my entire life that I had never thought of it as anything other than me. But in that moment, I became aware of a, that this pain, this heaviness was coming, in fact, from a wounded part of me, that core wound. And I said, oh, little one, little one, you're in so much pain. Who are you? What's causing this pain? And I heard clearly, and this was the first time I heard, I've heard this, in this way, in my, in my heart, I don't belong. This was the wound that, was, that had been triggered. 
unconscious. It had been operating unconscious. You see, I've always struggled, and looking back now, this is the wonderful thing about awareness. It, it brings some clarity that we didn't have before. When something's unconscious, then not available to you. It's just this. And, but uh, there were patterns, looking back, there were patterns that had been showing up. And it's like, oh, those times that I said, oh, it's just, I have anxiety. I have anxiety. It's anxiety. I, just, I, I deal with anxiety. And that's one of my, my, uh, um, one of my opportunities, <laughs> my quirks. It's given me great gifts. It's helped me show up in different ways than I have it would have otherwise. But I realized, looking back, and from that perspective, I don't belong. So as they're dancing, I don't belong. I'm going to get up on stage there. I don't belong. I've struggled with a sense of, of not fully belonging or, or that I have as much value as other people. I'm not going to ask you to show your hands, but I know this is a common thing, that, that, that we could be doing the same thing that someone else is doing, and they're doing so much better than we are. Or maybe that's just me. Having had this, having this, this experience in my, my life, but I don't have as much value to offer others, or I'm, I'm really not welcome. They're just being nice to me. Feeling like an outsider and never fully giving myself the permission because I didn't feel that I had the permission because there were whispers that I had just never was conscious of because it was my starting point. Whispers of, what are you doing here? You don't belong. And I share this with you this morning and because part of that I want you to know is, is that I have had that experience in many places and many times in my life and even here within this community having that unconscious pattern of I don't belong. What are you doing here? This is one thing, just as we said, about fear and comparison, these things. Even a sense of unworthiness can keep us from connecting to our passions and living our purpose. I could see, I could see why and, and how I had, had my light has been dimmed when uh, it was just anxiety that was keeping me stuck. No, there was something deeper. And I heard myself say out loud, well, you know what to do. You know what to do. I'm a religious scientist. We use spiritual mind treatment or affirmative prayer. to. For, we use words and thoughts to move our consciousness in a direction for a specific and definite purpose. And here I was suffering and feeling unhealed. And I began to pray. And in my prayer, it may not have sounded like a spiritual mind treatment, but it was me surrendering to God, that which is not the truth of who I am. Affirming and knowing that that divine mind dwells within me. And, and as I released this, or at least allowed myself to be willing, not knowing how, 
but just knowing that this isn't the truth of the all of me. I became aware that I had been invited to that space for a reason. I did belong. I belonged there. I even had evidence of it. Here I was sitting and feeling like I didn't belong even in that space. And just at least for that event and that activity, my name was on the agenda. <laughs> I belonged there. I have unique gifts that only I can offer and I can bring. And in that moment of, of, of there was a clarity within me that I could see and sense the difference between the truth and what was not truth. Up till then, I was all caught up in it. And it was just the way I operated. But then it's like, I have a choice. I have choice. And I saw that as, as a healing of my own mind, a shift in my consciousness to where it then was like, oh, this isn't just about now. This is about all of the steps forward as well. How exciting is that? What would it feel like to live a life where we were living fully on purpose? Every part of us, no reservation, no holding back, letting out our light, letting those passions be seen and our voices to be heard. What would it look like and feel like to live a life where we were fully expressed and expressing? You know, that evening when my talk concluded, and my, you know, my colleagues, the audience stood. It was a demonstration for me. It was a demonstration, and I, as I stood there on that stage, there was nothing within me that felt that I did not belong. I could not hear the voice any longer of, what are you doing here? I found a freedom, a freedom was available to me to, to live out loud, a freedom. And, and our value, our worthiness, and even our belonging, no one can give that to us. Others can't give that to us because you can be in a space that loves you and embraces you. And as long as there is still this, this, this unhealed thoughts or thoughts and beliefs of limitations about who we are, it can keep us separate. Even when we are longing, longing to be seen. You know, my stories of unworthiness were what I knew. It was my MO. It was the background of my life. It was comfortable. I'm done with comfortable. How about you? It's, been, it's become too painful to try to, to build my life as, as how I believe others think I should be living my life. You know, stepping outside of our comfort zone, it can feel risky and scary. Stepping into the new or, or I haven't done it quite this way before. It can be intimidating. But as they say, ships are safest in the harbor. That's not what we're here for. We're not here 
as spiritual beings having a spiritual experience here in this physical plane, we're not here to live quietly. We're not here to, to stay in the harbor. We all have the, the journey and the path, the, the pattern, Holmes says, that is laid out for us. Herein lies the paradox. When we bump up against our limited thinking or there's patterns or, or the fear, it can cause us to shrink back, right? The comfort zone, it keeps us safe. But there's something that Holmes tells us, and I love this. He says, until we are willing to contradict the experience, we will never transcend it. I want you to say this one with me and listen to what he's saying here. Until we are willing to contradict the experience, we will never transcend it. You see, I was sitting in an experience... And many of us living lives that have been unexpressed or things that we've been waiting for, permission or the comparison or the fear of rejection, whatever has kept us small and our lights dim, we may have, and let me just, let me just speak for myself, I have, I have allowed that to be my experience. That was my experience. That's what I knew. That's well, I, and I found evidence wherever I looked. But on that Thursday morning, I became clear that I was willing to contradict that experience with the truth. And until we do, until we are willing to be, to do, to think differently, to be guided by the life and the passion that's within us, we're going to suffer. That experience won't change. And why will we suffer? Because we're cutting our, we are cut off from our fullest, our most glorious yet to be. Are you done with suffering? Living cut off from passion and purpose? Or do we at times use what's outside of us to right, justify that experience? I'm having, the exp I'm having that experience and I can find evidence. Well, the way she looked at me. Did you hear what he said? If they really thought that about me, then they would have done differently. I mean, we can find evidence that can keep us in a place of where we're not living uh, passionately out loud. But complaining, criticizing, it's not going to change it. The only thing that will change it is us transcending our limited beliefs. Us, our willingness to contradict those old ways of being in its inner work we could say, yeah, but, you know where I'm doing this? Yeah, but, yeah, I know, I know, Reverend Allen, we're, we, we are prosperous, I'm prosperous, but let me tell you, I'm justified in being afraid because I have all this evidence. <coughs> I may be prosperous, but I have evidence of all of this, and I am justified in feeling this way. You can feel what you feel. But is it the truth? Or is it a comfort zone of an old way of being? Yeah, I know that I am the place where love shows up, but you don't know who I'm dealing with. I'm justified. My demands and my, what I'm seeing is real and it's true and you can't convince me of anything different than that. And yes, 
I read this week, I don't have a slide for this, but Byron Katie said that the, there's on, the only world there is is the one we believe in. Are you willing to contradict the experience of the past to step into your, your life that's waiting for you to live out loud? You know, now, while we cannot say and we do not say that we don't say peace where there is no peace. I mean, there are things that we need to do and, and we challenge. We challenge our, thing, our, our thoughts and consciousness and, and we take inspired action. But if we're going to really transcend our experience, we have to change our thinking. The old thinking has got to go. Now, living out loud can invite resistance. When you start showing up in ways that people don't, haven't known you to show up or expect you to show up, I'm going to let you right know, you're going, right now, you're going to be criticized. <laughs> You can even have doubts within yourself. I've never been this way. I don't know how to operate this way. And it can feel a little unwobbly. And it's okay if not everyone appreciates our light and brilliance. It's okay. A cotton bud cannot shape a diamond. But it's the pressure, it's the friction, it's the it's us bumping um, kids bumping their elbows against each other on the playground that we get to navigate and learn and discover the power and the gifts that we bring when we let our light out shine. Uh, uh, let our light shine. The opportunity is for us to stay grounded and centered in the truth. We're reminded in the Course in Miracles that nothing unreal, nothing real can be threatened. And what is the real? The real is our self, capital S. Not the stories. Not the wounds. They are part of our experience, but they're not the all of us. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. Knowing that what is real is here that's wouldn't be expressed and aligning ourselves to that. This is when we can live at peace. So I declare before you today, I'm consciously choosing to align to my purpose and passion. And having an awareness of, of a wound in my past that kept me, made, kept me separate and even mixed messages. Where I might, and you may have been, you may have received this, and if you have, I, I apologize, please let me know, but to, for me to say one thing, but then because of what is going on in here, I might be, have given off a different message. Mixed messages. When our mind is split, how can you get anything but mixed messages? So I am consciously aligning with the larger vision and purpose that is seeking expression through me. And I'm committed, coming back from a Silomar, I am not the same person that left. I am not. And it's much better on this side of it. <laughs> I want to invite you to join me in contradicting whatever experience you have been living in and experiencing. Are you willing, just the willingness, for it to be different? Not that you have to be different. The invitation is for you to be you. That's what we're called to do.
poet Mary Oliver wrote, tell me what it is you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. What is it you plan to do? Life's, I don't want to say life's too short. Life in reality is eternal, but you know what? In this physical experience, that's not being guaranteed the next breath. There is a larger life in us that has been saying yes through our passions. Are we going to say yes to them? I'm going to leave you with this blessing from John O'Donohue. And this is my prayer for all of us here as we passionately live our lives out loud. And he writes this, he said, may you recognize in your life the presence, power, and light of your soul. May you realize that you are never alone, that your soul and its brightness and belonging connects you intimately with the rhythm of the universe. Here in this space, and I know this from my heart of hearts, that each one of us, each one of you belong. There is space here for you to be, to express. And if you're not going to do it here, meaning passionately living your purpose out loud, oh, do it wherever you need to. We're waiting for you. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste. Here in this space, and I know this from my heart of hearts, that each one of us, each one of you belong. There is space here for you to be, to express. And if you're not going to do it here, meaning passionately living your purpose out loud, oh, do it wherever you need to. We're waiting for you. Peace and love, everyone. Namaste. We hope that you enjoyed this audio recording. For more information about our center, please visit our website at www.concordiacsl.com. You can also visit us online at our Facebook page or our YouTube channel by searching for Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. If you're in the area, come join us at one of our Sunday celebration services. We'd love to welcome you there. Namaste and blessings.